Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show and get the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Throw it with the topic, throw it like the rubber when it's game time, like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The four for 26, so the war in Kuwait is the war room. With five nights at the round table, five silly guys diversified and educated. What up? What's good, War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports. On the War Room Sports Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Deb McMillan. I'm at the War Room Roundtable with them bulls. Got B. Austin in the building, Jimmy the Blueprint. Be with us in just a few minutes. Look, more moves have gone down in the fast NBA offseason as we creep towards opening night. That's crazy because it seemed like the season just ended like three weeks ago and it's going to open in less than a <laughs> so, uh, but look, you know, we're going to touch on some of that and we're going to talk some old man boxing. So sit back, relax, and settle in for another briefing in the war room. Uh, you can also get in on the conversation by signing in right now to the Bodyhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room or join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at number, as usual, 323 323- Four one zero 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 one two. But before we get started, of course, we got to remind you that during the week, when we're not live on the air, you can check out archive episodes of our show and all of our other partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can do that either on our own website at warroomsports.com or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms because we're pretty much on most of them. So look us up. Never miss an episode. Check out the War Room, the Broad Street Line, the Tissue and the Tape Hip Hop Show after further review. John Appetit, and a whole lot more. Um, what up, B? Um, you, you think we can uh, get one of them pre-pardons from the boy Trump before the moving truck uh, truck <laughs> hit the white house? Don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, my man said, my man said, look, that's up, right? I need <laughs> you to go ahead and tell the judges, tell Congress, <laughs> and tell the police that I'm good. <laughs> no matter what may pop up in the future. Yo, oh, really? no matter what pops up, I need Yo. that. I need that pass. The funny thing How is, no, wait, real quick. The funny, the funny thing is, knowing who that is and his history, as I'm sure you do, how ironic is it for him to be asking for a party? Right. That guy, right. of all people. Listen, <laughs> Yo. how, how do you get pardoned for the stuff that you've already done, got caught for, got in trouble for. And then you get like a lifetime pardon, like no matter what this dude does, he's good. Like, how do they continue, even on the outs, how do they continue to allow Donald Trump to do whatever the hell he wants to do with the title of President of the United States? How are you pre-pardoning people? Yo? <laughs> how does that work exactly? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it, man. Yo. Be you there? What happened? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm here. My oh, right. I thought it was me again. Oh, crazy. I, I, <laughs> dumbfounded by this whole thing. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, look, um, that that's that's the latest news <laughs> out of the White House. Um, we're gonna get into some hot topics, man. Hot topics. 
of course, as usual, brought to you by my bookie. War Room family, it's time for you to make some money sports betting at my bookie. If you still haven't checked out my bookie, then it's time to place your bets. Lay down some bread on the biggest games in sports by joining us, the War Room, and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. Not .net, not .com, mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get paid fast with no hassle. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after RG3 reminds you on his first drive of the game why his savior status never worked out in Washington. But join now, and my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today, play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. All right, man, I told you guys in the intro, man, we got to talk a little bit about some old man boxing. And, you know, unless you were living under a rock, then you know that this this past weekend was the highly anticipated exhibition boxing matchup between former heavyweight champions Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Um, Roy Jones, of course, back in his day, did more of his damage at light heavyweight, uh, middleweight, but he did step up into that heavyweight division and win one of the 80,000 titles that they, you know, <laughs> that they have in boxing. But um, this this exhibition, it was especially here, you know, because we talked about the rules months before the fight. We kind of warned people of what it was going to be under the rules of this exhibition. But then towards, you know, the buildup to the fight, they tried to act like those rules were not really the rules. They tried to act like it was a real fight, like they're like it would be judged, like knockouts were allowed. Um, I think we kind of saw, you know, during this bout that what we originally reported as the rules were pretty much the rules. What did you think? Did you see it, B? Did you end up watching this? No, I watched that. Um, <laughs> and, and, I mean, you and Mike Tyson Stanley, man. Like, <laughs> I, I, I figured I, you were gonna watch I, it either man. way. <laughs> I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you why. I, and and you could probably relate a little bit. I don't, I don't know if you subscribe to the way. It's certain people that I hold in a level of esteem, and and, and shame on me because doing this show for so many years and being a journalist has actually taught me that you know. Don't make anyone your hero other than Jesus or your, you know, <laughs> God. Like, don't do not do that. But there's certain people that I still hold at a hero's level. I don't want to see Mike in any way other than the Mike that I know in my mind. In it. And to see him fight, you know, it, it was hard watching Bernard Hopkins his last time out, even though – after round four, it took him that long to get warmed up. He he looked cool. It, it was still painful to me to see him not be the executioner or to see Mike Tyson not be Iron Mike. I just ah uh, yeah, but 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 you know what? With this, with this, with mm-hmm. this, I mean, we saw all the the little training videos that led up to the fight, and people were like, oh, you know, Mike Tyson looks a certain way. My opinion on this, if if it weren't for the the whack rules of 
of the exhibition, like he could have, I mean, you know, he's not going to look like prime Mike Tyson, no matter how you slice it. I mean, he hadn't looked like prime Mike Tyson since 1990, but um, if it weren't for the rules, like he was clearly the better you boxer that night. He, he was clearly the better boxer that night. He was clearly leaving punches out there. He was clearly pulling up. He wasn't swinging with, you know, with the, the bad intentions that he used to swing with, but judging old dudes like he clearly outclassed Roy Jones but with you know I heard, three I pretty heard much celebrity judges heard, you kind of knew Mike, I heard Mike won yeah, right I, I mean won. he won and he won easily and he could have hurt Roy Jones if this was a real fight but it's obvious that he was out there holding back pulling punches literally well, and and yeah. taking it easy on him Roy Jones was out there throwing yeah. no look jabs and he would have gotten murdered. Shakunin, Shakunin, sucking and, and driving. You said you said Mike could have hurt Roy. Well, couldn't couldn't we all? <laughs> At this point, I mean, the way he looked, Roy looked like he didn't even work out for the fight. <laughs> Roy went in there looking like me. He ain't worked, but um, Roy ain't worked out for about six years. No, but but you can see in punches thrown, combinations thrown head movement, all of that kind of stuff that Mike Tyson still has a high level of boxing skills. It's just that the rules, you know, prevent him from doing what he probably could have done that night. Um, them calling it a draw, that that was all about, you know, it being an exhibition in the first place. Um, it was easy that they were going to get through the eight rounds because nobody was out there trying to knock each other out. But, yeah, it's one of those things because the whole time that we've gone through this, the thought in everybody's mind was kind of like, you know, could Mike Tyson do this for real? Um, I don't know because the challenge wasn't really there in this bout, but which, you know, that, that doesn't tell me whether or not he could withstand the pressure coming from a real, you know, 30 something year old heavyweight in 2020. Um, He could be competitive as far as, you know, his speed, his style, his, his punches and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know if he could take that kind of pressure if somebody was really bearing down worried. on him because Roy Jones didn't worried about his chin. Yeah, Roy Jones didn't present any kind of challenge that night. You know what I'm saying? And and Tyson it was it was basically a a, a sparring session. It was a sparring session, a televised sparring session. That's pretty much what it was. Um nobody was really trying mm-hmm. to hurt each other and you know as much as Triller tried to play that up in the last few days leading up to the fight it ended up being exactly what we thought it was going to be um two old dudes getting it in um but the moment of the night man your man Nate Robinson of NBA slam dunk contest got put to sleep by a YouTuber (laughs) Who, that was his second professional fight. Uh, that was Nate Robinson's first professional fight. And, you know, the, the late in Roy's career, when we saw him go to sleep in the ring a couple of times, this was that. Yo. Like, when he took that last Yo. shot and went face down into the canvas, before the meme started, before the joke started, I think people were a little bit afraid for <laughs> for Nate Robinson's well-being. Yeah. But once you get up, you fair game. Let that's me, when let the memes me, let me start. Explain, that's when let me explain. It, be, let it was me a vicious knockout, man. It was. 
vision. And I and I didn't see. I saw the knockout. I saw you know of course. Oh, you you can't miss that. TMZ captions everything. Jokes. Yeah, I, I saw yeah. the knockout. Nate Robinson is that kid from from your hood, and some of y'all you know maybe y'all not from the hood. You can be from a farm town, but there's always that one kid whose athleticism is so special that they just it feels and it seems like they can do any and everything athletically and they just better than everybody else. Yeah. Well Nate, Nate is that Nate is that athlete and he's had success being that athlete, <clears throat> understanding that he put together at like five foot six what I consider to be a tremendous basketball professional basketball career where he was a legitimate like NBA player like that could give you 20 or 30 on almost any given night against people that were four times his size. Like no one can mind you what I just said, NBA basketball wasn't even his first sport of love. It was football. He wanted to play in the NFL and dude, when he couldn't get a job in the NBA, he started seriously training for the NFL, got serious looks because he's that serious of an athlete. So in Nate, in all fairness, Nate has believed all his life that there just isn't anything he can't do athletically. See, but, but you know what, B? is more people, than athleticism. All right, it's people who grew up like that, they don't understand. Boxing is not that sport. You could probably take it's your talents to a lot of other places and even shine a little bit, but boxing is not that sport where you just think, oh, I got in a couple of fights growing up. I threw some hands. I beat up a couple of dudes. I can get in and do this. I'm athletic. Mm-hmm. Not that mm-hmm. sport. What up, Jim? What's not, going that, on? not that sport, it's man. Not, it's not that <laughs> What's up, sport, man. And, 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 and you have to, I'd say 90% of males, I will not include females in this, but 90% of males that are athletic, that have big muscles, will never learn that that has very little to do with your success when it comes to fighting somebody that can really fight. That can really fight. That but the thing is, can me, really fight. You, you, didn't, you didn't even watch it. We don't even really know if this other dude can really fight. It's, we just know that Nate can't. Like, if you watch the match, <laughs> it, yo, it sounds like a joke, but Jimmy saw it. Jimmy can attest to this. You watch the yeah. match, and from second one, you see the stuff that Nate was doing. You were like, yo, who trained him? Like he was just trying. Yeah, he was to, drawing. He he he, he, he was doing something where he was, he was jumping drawing. into the dude. He was using his explosiveness to jump in dude's face, but his hands weren't up. He wasn't really swinging. Like I didn't get what he was trying to do, Jim. I didn't know what the game plan. Yeah, was. he 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 definitely was drawing. But but I will say this, right? So Jake Paul's brother is a professional boxer, and Jake so, Paul actually quit YouTube to to take up boxing. So he fought he fought amateur to be serious about as well. It. Yeah, he fought amateur for a minute as well, and and, and I mean, when, and and people laugh when they say YouTuber, but Jake Paul was literally one of the top three YouTubers in the world, um, making millions and millions of money on a monthly basis. Yeah, he's basis. a million. So, he's a millions of. Money. Yeah, he's a millionaire. He's a millionaire several times over from YouTube, so it wasn't like he just had a YouTube channel. So understand that he gave that up because he was passionate oh, I don't about think, boxing. His I, I, boxing. I think personally, where I'm at with it, if somebody calls you a YouTuber. I, th- I only think of that as serious. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Oh no, no, I get that. I don't, I get I don't that. think I mean, you get to be called a YouTuber. About this you know, if, you, if you get a couple hundred views, a couple, even a couple thousand views, like you're no, not there I understand yet. What you're saying, but so you know, I, know, I already assume if they call you a YouTuber, people don't understand how the world has changed. YouTuber, like, that, that, that's that's like, new media. People, a lot of people yeah. don't understand that thing. I think if you get that title, that, <laughs> yeah, YouTube is serious life, man. With it. Like, yeah, you want a million, some people don't millionaire type dudes. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, but with that being said, though, like, so he, he has a little bit more experience, but Nate definitely was still drawn. That whole jumping thing, I just didn't understand I it. How do like, you leave your feet as a boxer, before? Jim? How do you leave your feet as a boxer? Yeah, I, I thought maybe he had something new. He's bringing something new to the game, but, you know. Nah, I he did. Not. A new way to go to sleep because just, just be not seeing the fight. Just imagine what we're saying. If you are leaving your feet to jump at somebody, like, what do you at think, point, as, as, as somebody point, who's watched boxing all your life, though. what do you think is going to happen? He, you're at going to get caught while you're knockout. off your feet because you're not – nobody's quick enough to be in the air, come back down, and, and duck a punch. It was weird. You're going to get knocked into Bolivian. Shout out to yeah. the Nate needed some money, man. Because um, at first I saw, at first I saw yeah. that he made $600, but it came out it was 600000 he made. I'm about to say, so he had to be the bag. Nah, he, but that, here's the thing, Jimmy. He don't really need no bread. How you know? Man, we know this how. <laughs> like, we know this how. <laughs> you know, I mean, you in a group chat with him or something? How you know, man? <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know his business manager. Nate got bread. Uh, okay. He's probably lying to them. Listen, I, 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 nobody <laughs> knows his, his situation, Possibly. man. Nobody knows boy's situation, man. All I'm saying is, I don't know. That's the only thing that explains um, his behavior of, of doing that. You know what I'm saying? Get a quick bag, you know, laugh it off and keep moving. Or you just disrespectful to the sport where you think that it's just that sweet. And, you, you know, you being an athlete, like you said, just think you can get jump in and, you know, do your thing. But either way, man, you know, it made for um, an amazing night of Twitter. Um, I got, a, you know, a chance to get my <laughs> main game in. Um, so, you know, it, it, that's the one thing I can say. Like this year, we haven't really had that many collective moments on the internet outside of the election. Um, you know, everybody being, uh, you know, um, every, how can I put this? Uh, everybody, not, I don't want to say a state of panic. Let's just say that um, everybody's anxiety is being on 10 because of coronavirus. So at least, at least he gave us some entertainment for all of us to enjoy, even if it was at his demise. Um, I know cats out there smoking Nate packs right now, but Nate did a lot for the culture, even in law. Because uh, everybody got a chance to get their clown on and get their mind off to, uh, you know yeah. what's going on in the world and laugh, well, at, and yeah. laugh at him. And, and shout out, yo, shout out to you, Nate, for for having way better stats than Robert Ort throughout your career. <laughs> you know, and, and Jim, everybody also got a chance to overrate Snoop Dogg's color commentary. Yo, well, yeah, that too. If I, if but I keep you know the crazy part it. about what you just said, <laughs> No matter what Nate has done in his career, at this point, he's gonna be known for one thing. But but V, B, you, you gotta go watch I mean it's not that long. Just go find it and watch the whole thing. It was vicious. Didn't he didn't he put him down like three times, Jim? I think he put him down three times Yo, in less than two rounds. He landed, he and the landed, and the last one was like eight, the sleep shot. Listen, he landed eight punches and had three knockdowns. And had three knockdowns and a knockout. A a go to sleep knockout. Yo. With, a, with, a total of, with a total of eight, he only, he only landed Yo. eight punches. Eight punches, man. Yo, my man's power shot, my man's power shot statistics was off the Richter scale. 
So real quick, we we wrapped a little bit about it already, but I wanted to just get your thoughts, Jim. What's what's your how would you explain the whole Mike Tyson Roy Jones thing to somebody that didn't see it? It was a joke. Don't waste your time. It, it was it, a complete. It, it was what we reported not, it to be with the rules, like before Triller tried not, to. If not for Nate, if not for Nate, Nate getting his block knocked off, a lot of people would be upset. But you know, Nate, some was, felt Nate like, was worth the pay per view. Yeah, real tough. <laughs> Nate was worth the pay per view, <laughs> and it's not like I was rooting against Nate. But just seeing somebody jump around in the ring like that and get their boots stretched, like it was it was worth everything. Um, I was what I was telling B uh, Jimmy was that Mike Tyson actually looked like if he wanted to, he could have hurt Roy Jones that night. But he was, you know, he wasn't yeah. swinging hard. He was pulling back. A lot of combinations where he could have kept going. He stopped because he didn't want to hurt the dude. It was like even in an exhibition where. I guess your the job of the two old ass fighters was to somehow even make us think that this was real. I think Roy Jones did a terrible job of that with all the no look jabs and looking like he was afraid in a fight where dude wasn't even going to hit you hard, which means probably means one thing. He probably thinks like the rest of us. Mike Tyson could snap at any minute now, so I'm not even going to test the waters like that. But Roy, he 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 didn't do much, not even in the exhibition entertainment realm of the whole thing. So Right. right. But yeah, I mean, it, it it is what it is. It's it was exactly what we reported it to be. Like I said, Triller tried to hype it at the last minute. Um and I wonder if anybody really fell for it, but you know, I, I saw exactly what I expected to see, except for um Nate Robinson getting his block knocked off like that. Like, I, I didn't expect Nate Robinson to go into a boxing match and win, but I didn't expect him to leave the ring, like, on some brutal soul-leaving-your-body type stuff. Like, I didn't think I was going to see that all night. I kind of thought it was going to be a night full of jokes. <laughs> but Yo, it was some okay undercard fights if you cared anything about that. Y'all, y'all know how I am about hoopers, and after I get out of my top five, I might like the most randomest of randoms. And on the low, not that no anybody ever knew this, but I kind of did like Nate Robinson's career. Right. Like, that I, ain't I, on the low between, really, between us. Really, <laughs> Maybe yeah, I mean, I, I, to, I, but I, we I all we know. That's not like yeah. low. Yo, if you shoot a and you get buckets, B. Austin is uh, you know what I mean? If you shoot, if you shoot more than you're supposed to, if your confidence level is is somewhere where everybody else is asking why you're that confident. B. Austin pretty much probably banged with you as a basketball player, so no, no surprise. Yeah, they don't count. No they don't count rebounds and they don't count assists. They count points. <laughs> they count, but do they count shots? Because a lot of these dudes just be shooting. Um, so, but let, let's move on. Some real boxing coming up. Just wanted to get a quick opinion from you guys. Um, big fight this weekend: Errol Spence Jr. and uh, the hometown guy Danny Swift Garcia. Um, we'll be fighting for Errol Smith's welterweight crowns. Um, Danny Smith is in it. I mean, Danny Garcia is in it to get his title back, and we'll see if he can do that. I'm going to go to the tail of the tape real quick before I ask you guys' opinion on this whole thing. This is Errol Fight's first – I mean, Errol Fight. Errol Spence, his first <laughs> fight since that crazy uh, – Car accident he was in, and that's and for me. You mean Errol? Weird because you said Errol. 
Tanya said, every time I close my eyes. <laughs> Tanya said, uh, you know, but you said Earl Spence, though, man. Yeah, but um, the tale of the tape, of course, Spence Jr., he's 30. Garcia is 32. Um, Errol Spence has a record of 26 and 0 with 21 knockouts. Danny Garcia is 36 and 2 with 21 knockouts. Um, Errol Spence is 5'9 and a half. Danny Garcia is 5'8. Errol Spence with the 72-inch reach. Uh, Swift with the 68 and a half inch reach. Uh, Errol Spence, Southpaw, Danny, Orthodox, and of course we know the nicknames. Errol. The Truth, Spence Jr. versus Danny Swift Garcia. Um, if you're asking me who I'm rooting for, I got to root for the hometown guy, even though usually for me, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm usually on my, um, <laughs> I'm usually on my Issa, <laughs> everybody black, <laughs> but, but, you know, Swift, Swift is pretty much from where we're from. And I'm not just talking about the city of Philadelphia. I'm talking about the areas like, you know, he, he he's pretty much from where we're from. So I, I got to root for the hometown guy. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I think the hometown guy is going to win because Errol Spence Jr. is, is different. The only thing, the only question with him is kind of like, he seems to come out of that car accident last year unscathed, but you kind of don't know what kind of long-term effects something like that might have on you, especially when you do something physical so I'm anxious to see him get back in the ring. The crazy part about this whole quarantine, Jim and B, is I would have swallowed baby Jesus that that happened before his fight with Sean Porter, but it happened like a month after the fight with Sean Porter. I, yeah, it was after. Yeah, I, I could have swore that it happened before that, and Sean Porter was his first fight after the accident, but I don't know. My brain is scrambled sitting in here. Um, for all of these months, <laughs> pretty much almost <laughs> from from that point of last year that we've been in here. So, what do y'all think about this one? Y'all think the hometown guy has a has a shot of getting his titles back, or or is Errol Spence going to be a little too much for him? No, this 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 should be a good African fight, African. man. Yeah, and everybody this should listen, be a man. I need to, I need to, I need the streets to look out for me because I ain't paying for this. But um, <laughs> no. It, it, it should be a good one, man. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on the same type wave you on, man. Danny Swift is, is from the city. You dig? Um, you know, uh, you know. I mean, shout out to his pops, pops the legend in the streets. But uh, I think it should be a good legend fight, man. That's all I can. You know, after, after watching Roy and Mike, I just want to see like people really try to hurt each other. Right, right. And I, and I'm all, like my thing. My question for Errol Spence Jr. though, like. The kind of pressure that Danny Garcia is going to put on you. Can Errol Spence Jr. take those kind of blows for an ex- for an extensive amount of time? Um, I mean, he's had some fights before, but this might be a test in the in the power category that he may not have you know had to withstand yet. So, like Jimmy said, I think it's going to be a really good fight. If I have to pick a winner, I'm going to pick Errol Spence Jr. And a and a decision, um, but like I said, you know, I'm 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 gonna be rooting for for Swift the whole time. B, who you got? Man, I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Swift. No no doubt about it. Shout out to uh, Danny's daddy, Daddy Swift. Pause. Um, 
Yeah. I'm trying to see what he's going to do with any uh, press conferences, what type of action he uh, he trying to lay down on the microphone. Pause. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got Earl. I got I got Earl winning. Really good. Funny enough, I'm rooting for for Danny, but I got Earl winning. All right. All right. So we'll, we'll see. Like I said, this should be a, a much better night of fighting than what we saw last week. But I think we left the air last week while we were talking about the whole Mike Tyson thing. It's like if you if you're expecting something crazy, you know, if you're expecting something real, then we kind of knew that the joke was going to be on you. And, you know, afterwards, if you were upset, then the joke was kind of on you because we tried to tell you for months what the rules were. Um, for me, like I said, it was just a stand moment. I got to see Mike Tyson in the ring after all these years. Um, I, I, you know, everything in me wanted Mike to snap, but Roy never really gave him a reason. You know what I mean? Roy wasn't even trying to test it. He wasn't trying to make him angry in any type of way. And, you know, and plus Mike said he smoked a little something before the fight. So Mike was probably real calm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At the time he was in there halfway beating up Roy Jones. Um, All right. So a little bit of news in the NBA, man, we had two all-star point guards swap for each other this week as Houston sends Russell Westbrook to Washington in exchange for John wall and a future protected uh, first round pick. Uh, here's the actual factuals. Um, that pick that the Wizards shipped is a future lottery uh, protected first round pick. Um, I think it's protected through a certain amount of years and then all right, it's a 2023 uh, lottery. 2024 top 12, 2025 top 10, and by 2026 top 8. Then after that, it becomes two second rounders. So that, it's it's a well-protected first-round pick. But what do you guys think of the trade in general? Because um, I keep hearing things like, oh, this is a lose-lose for both teams. Um, I, I, I hear fans, not necessarily pundits who know much about ball, saying, oh, uh, Bill going to be upset about this. Um, what do you guys think of the trade? Um, I don't think that it – puts either team in a much better position. Um, but I certainly don't think it's a lose. I think that, that, of course, Russell Westbrook is polarizing. So he gets a lot of hate based on the same reasons that Kobe, that Kobe received a lot, of, a lot of hate. Regular people can't, re- they can't relate to, to Westbrook, you know, whether it's from the perspective of his cross-dressing or the perspective of how competitive he is Yo. and on the basketball Killed court. Killed so I, as a player, um, I think that he puts – he will put Washington – that backcourt will put Washington in a position where they can compete for the eighth through the sixth spot, which is, you know, that's, that's, that's good for them. That's not to say that John Wall couldn't have done that. <clears throat> But we've had, John Wall has averaged played. 35 games over the last three <laughs> three years. He's been injured. Has he? We don't know what John Wall. 35 sounds mm-hmm. a little much. 
But no, that that's what I, because y'all know me. I'm I'm never the person like I don't even believe in because people always ask when when trades happen, like which team won the trade. I don't even believe in that because, you know, I'm a firm believer in every team is going to trade for what's in their best interest. It's not necessarily you won the trade because your team is going to do better than and you know the one I always bring up the whole. Uh, Paul Gasol trade and everybody was like You know all the Lakers won that Well the Lakers were a piece away So if you're judging it by which team is going to be better The Lakers were a better team when they made The damn trade so of course Getting that piece the piece that They needed to get over the hump They're going to win a championship so you're going to think that way But that trade actually Made the Grizzlies at least A competitive franchise For the next decade but people don't Really look at how all the dominoes fell in that. So teams are going to trade for their best interest, just like you just said, B, because at first you started out saying it's not going to do much for any either team. I think the trade actually puts the Wizards into the playoffs. Um, yeah, Houston yeah, I, was I think, already a better team. It, Houston was already a quote-unquote contender. Right. Houston was already a better team. So I John Wall actually has to go there it, and match what Houston has done the, over the past the, few years to keep them in that spot if he can stay healthy. I guess I guess the re- the reason I maybe, the reason maybe I said that hold on real quick Jimmy the reason I said that is if if John Wall comes back and is healthy and close to the old John Wall I think that he and Russell Westbrook are close in what they can produce but because we don't know what John Wall is I give the edge to Washington because we've seen Russell Westbrook play and produce and it's only his haters that detract from that. We don't. We haven't seen John Wall in damn near three years, other right. than him throwing gang signs on the internet. So I don't know but what if he's back to his normal self. Yeah, he, he, I I also think. I'll let, go ahead, Jim. Let I'll let Jim go for it. No, no my, my I, fault, I was Jim. just going to say that. I was just going to say that it's interesting, like with Westbrook, because even in my head, I forget how dominant a player he is um, right. and has been. Because when you go to Houston, like the ball just like takes up all the shine, all the attention, everything. So you forget. So I think it's an opportunity for Russ to get back in his bag um, and and, and possibly shine and get back to being recognized. Because it's not just me. I figured it across. Like he already had his haters, but his haters don't even bother him no more. It's like he's almost irrelevant in basketball talks because. He went to a, you know, to, to the black hole playing with the ball. But, but so, anytime he does come up, Jim, it seems like it's all negative. Y'all know how sometimes I think certain things, especially on the negative side, at some point things get trendy. I think it's trendy right now to act like Russell Westbrook is not as tough as he is. Like I was literally talking to somebody today, and I, you know, I, I had to cut the conversation off because he's literally calling Russell Westbrook a bum. Like and I'm like, all right, man. We we can't really have a serious conversation because it's obvious that there's personal feelings there. Because if we're gonna go so far as to call him a bum, then that's kind of a non-starter for this conversation. I think the styles no. hold on, might hold on, work hold on, out. Hold on, hold on, real quick, be, Hold on, but I think guys. the styles might work out because Bradley Beal, his even though his numbers went to where they went, this can take him back off of the ball because. Okay, he he's gonna score less, but I still think Bradley Beal is a better player off the ball because of his shooting ability, and the fact that you know John Wall was always injured, Bradley Beal had to kind of step into that ball handler mold and and create mm-hmm. more and do a lot more, but it didn't do anything for the team. I think if you bring somebody like Russ in there, 
who, you know, as much as many wild shots as Russ takes, he's still going to his assist numbers are going to be up. So he's going to find you. He's going to find you in your places. I think this is good for Bradley Beal. This is the same person that told me Bradley Beal was going to be mad at the same person that said uh, Russell Westbrook was a bum. But thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I think this yo, is great for Bradley Beal. Yo, yo, fam, do y'all realize that Russ averaged 27, 8, and 7 last year? Did y'all know? Right, no. right. And he, and it, and he no. just seemed like complimentary and, like, quiet. Yeah, I thought like that's said 14, 3, and 4 last year. <laughs> huh? right. but he's a, I, said, he's a, I said it seemed like Russ averaged 14, 3, and 4 last year like, Right I am oh, a 27 27.2 7.9 rebounds And 7 assists That's really that's Harden What's what the Harden average Harden probably averaged to 30 A million A million Harden averaged damn near 30, 34 last year Didn't he Yeah see yeah. He had that kind of year Like Harden was no, but that that's crazy though. I cuz I get where you're going with that. Like as much as the three of us think that Russell Westbrook had this quiet year, like yo, those are career numbers for pretty much anybody else in history. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 27 7 and 8? Come on, man. Come on, man. That 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 is type ridiculous right there. I mean, you know, John Wall John Wall though has been in this bag in the summer league, man, you know what I'm saying? You know, he's back in his trade <laughs> way. Yeah, he was, back he in was killing. Yo, know, he was he was killing uh, Michael Beasley. Back in his he's back in his trade way bag. You know what I'm saying? He's back, yeah. Back so you know what I mean, so um, he back Jim, bang, he back banging again. Harden was Harden was thirty four <laughs> six and seven. Really thirty four six point six and seven point five. So it's like yo, the production in that backcourt was crazy That's last year, drawing. and nobody That's even drawing. like like. Like nobody talks about that, like the production in that backcourt, and we we're quick to see it break up. A lot of people are like, oh, this ain't gonna work. They gotta go, and then it ended up, you know, breaking up like everybody thought that it would. But Yo, that is, I'm crazy. not gonna lie though. As big as a trade as that was, the first thing I thought about is how um, James Harden and, and and John Wall are gonna punish the strip clubs out there, man. Because oh yeah. Oh, Allegedly, yeah. James Harden is boss trick one, and and and, and you know, um, John Wall is number two. Allegedly, according to the uh, IG thought. So it, they they about to they about to cause havoc down in Houston, man. Yeah, so, you John, know, John Wall is bloody. Party. He's bloody buns. He bloody buns, and they both from the same <laughs> organization. They both from the same organization. So, like I heard, they may not be the best players, but they're the number one partiers in the whole NBA, and they put them on the same squad. So who knows what's about to happen down there? Are they going to make it through a season? You know what I'm saying? We shall see. They're going. They're going to have to put them in the bubble. That's the only way to keep them out of trouble. I want to know if if, if OG Mack gets uh, early release. Is he coming to Houston? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So LeBron signs a Diesel two year extension, and then pretty much uh, Anthony Davis follows suit. Because um, we knew Anthony Davis was sitting back waiting for all the chips to fall. And I guess that last chip was to see exactly what LeBron James was going to do. So he added two years onto his Lakers contract, two years, $85 million extension through the 2022-2023 season. So after that, Anthony Davis 
ends, he, he signs a five-year, well, he's about to sign a five-year, $190 million deal. A lot of people were kind of like, right, a lot of people were kind of thinking, though, like, why did Anthony Davis sign the five-year deal instead of doing something, doing something shorter and then being able to, you know, get into that 10-year vet status and sign another max deal at that point? Um we all know that Anthony Davis is, you know, signed to clutch and whether this is the truth or not, it kind of seems like a lot of people in clutch, the stuff that they do end up doing seems to be in LeBron's best interest a little more than their own best interest. Don't get me wrong. Five years, $190 million deal is crazy. And it might be him kind of looking ahead to the uncertainty of NBA revenue coming up, you know, dealing with this COVID situation and, you know, what might be of sports after this is all said and done, if it's ever all said and done. So that could be a thing, but, you know, the smarter thing looking from the past few years would have been for him to sign like a three-year with a second-year option and then be able to get that Mm -hmm. 10-year vet um, max deal in a couple of seasons. So what are y'all thoughts about this? And are the Lakers about to repeat on everybody? It's funny you uh it's funny you say that because when I look at that contract, um, which is a god awful huge amount of money, you know, Anthony Davis doesn't make enough money when I look at Tobias Harris's contract. And I don't dislike Tobias Harris. Like shout out to shout out to you, Tobias. You you are already bold, man. But why you almost make as much as Anthony Davis when he's four times the player you are? How, how does that how does that work? Um, yeah, I would have I would have signed a two plus one and 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 followed LeBron suit, especially being that Anthony Davis is arguably I, I won't call him best in he's he's a top five player. Any top five player can dictate their own economics in today's NBA. They can dictate it. So I, I would have done that. Um, no, the Lakers aren't repeating. Well, listen though, the, that the two plus one, because think about it, that that makes sense for Anthony Davis. But if LeBron signs that, he wants to make sure Anthony Davis is there for his whole tenure. Anthony Davis signing a two plus one could have been, I'm staying here for two. If LeBron isn't LeBron in two years, I can make a decision and go get this money elsewhere. That's why I said it kind of seems like clutch sets people up around LeBron and his best interests more than kind of their own. So now if LeBron does fall off of a cliff, Anthony Davis is stuck there for the long haul because even if LeBron is garbage, you're not going to disrespect the King and be asking out, you know what I mean? While he's still there, like he, you know, like he just straight trash. So, there's a lot of a lot of factors, a lot of variables in he'll this. Be fine. He'll, be, like, he'll be fine, man. He's in the marketing uh, yeah, franchise. They'll, they'll, they'll make sure he's fine. They'll, they'll make sure I, I, I think stuff happens. And, and shout man. out to your shout man, to- Jim, because he was the whipping boy. He killing it. Uh, the, the GM, the president, Kobe's old agent. Oh, uh, uh, the boy that looks like the Palenka. Boy. Yeah, Rob Palenka. That, that, um, right, yeah, Rob Lowe Palenka. That Magic was trying to, you know, say he was trying to snake. He, he was trying to get your job, Magic, because he's better at it. And, and I think we know that. <laughs> he's like, yo, I know what to do. <laughs> right. He, he was trying to get yo, your job because he's better yeah, at it. Sometimes the snakes actually know what they're doing. But, yo, right. here's the thing, though, man. 
shout out to Clutch, man. Yo, shout out to LeBron and his homies, man, because they really sat back one day in Akron and figured out how to run the whole uh, entertainment industry. Um, <laughs> right. Not just man, NBA. They, 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 yeah, they cut so many deals. Like, yo, LeBron just had a company that, you know, early stage company he invested in, get bought from him this week, signed a lucrative contract. Did you own with him and Schwarzenegger? Yeah, dog. They made, they made several hundred M's off that. Like, you know, that's his side hustle. Yeah, yeah. My man I think I think LeBron only. I think he only did this two-year extension just because he wanted to make sure he was, you know, he he was the first to be a billionaire before he even left the year, the the league. So he's like, yeah, I probably well, only need like him, two more years to be a billionaire. So according to him, he's trying to set up to play with his boy. Like he actually yeah. went on record and said that. So, so but this he is wants- another thing. Are we talking play with just play in the same league or play with like? In, in year see, 20, I, in 21, me, is LeBron going to have the power to make the Lakers go get his boy like like LeVar Ball, think, Ball thought he was? That's what I think, though, because the way he says with, I don't think he means like at the same time right. in the league. I think see, he means on the same squad. If he does that. Which has got to be kind of weird. Who wants to play yeah, especially, with a pop? That's got to be weird. But think about it, though, Jim. If he ends Yo, up being, he, he if he ends up being good enough IG to be like a lottery pick, then how do they even get in the mix to to do that? He won't. Or does I he mean, think at this point that his son is a fringe pick. prospect and they'll be able to just grab him yeah. late or LeBron grab him? Probably, LeBron LeBron no probably think I'm LeBron and no I do what I want to do. Either give me, my, either get my son play for the Lakers or I'm retiring. I mean, you're saying that now, B. He only in the tenth grade, right? Tenth, eleventh grade. So I mean. He, in yeah. three years, he could be a lottery pick. We don't know. Who knows? I mean, Who knows? Well, Bob is, I mean, is you know, I mean, he can. So I'm pretty sure the yeah. potential so, is there. Listen, man. All all I'm saying is, I I think it's interesting, man. That the boy, the boy, really, that he took that more than an athlete thing to the next level, man. Um, and I, it, it's, it's the squad. Look, I mean, to me, it actually got better when you look at like you know Marcus Hall, when you look Duh. at um um Montrez. They got a former defensive player of the year who is pretty much only good for defense right now. He can stretch and shoot a couple J's. Not really saying he's going to make them, but he can still play defense. They got the sixth man of the year and the runner-up for sixth man of the year on their squad. Yeah. Even though one of them saying, I'm going to be a starter. I don't, you know, he the captain now. I don't know what he's talking about. Yep. But <laughs> I was about to say, like, it's not that easy to say that they're not going to repeat. I would go, like, if we didn't know that the bubble happened and you asked me, you know, if if I just got out of the joint and didn't have TVs, you got to preface that because they be having all kinds of, you know, cable TV and stuff in the joint these days. But so if I was if I was asleep, if I was frozen for a certain amount of years and then you asked me, this 2020 team or this 2021 team, like which one of these teams are going to win the NBA championship. And then you show me everybody else's team and what they had in these years. I think the 2021 team would have a much better shot of winning the championship. I think the chips kind of miraculously fell in place for them to win it this past season. I think this season they should go into it as the favorites. So, you know, me for you to just, that easily be like, oh, nah, they ain't repeating. I don't know the logic behind that because I think they got a better chance yeah, now. Yeah, I don't either, dog. <laughs> than they, they had a better squad this year than they had before. And only thing, yeah. only thing that, like, will give me pause and say, they're not the clear-cut favorite is, I, I got to see how that thing plays out in Brooklyn. Like, 
You know what I'm saying? Free cash. I still still give the Clippers a shot to be one of the teams that has a chance to dethrone them. But the Clippers got to be consistent. They got to take the season seriously. They got to ball, get some kind of, you know, they got to gel, you know, because a lot of the times they they weren't taking the season seriously enough. So people never really got that chance to gel. Didn't seem like everybody liked each other. Um, You know, my man Paul George did his – his Paul George thing in the playoffs. Playoff P. Playoff P. My man, hmm. my man had one great playoff run, named himself, and it was all downhill from there as far as playoffs is, is concerned. Um, Kawhi wasn't George, George what Paul. he was proving to be in the you know late in the playoffs last year. So they got a lot of things to do as far as consistency. But do I would, it I would in say the, the game. Lakers, <laughs> right. I would I would say the Lakers are definitely the favorites going into this season. So, the, my man tried to tell y'all, Unk tried to tell y'all, man, never lost. Now all three Ball brothers are on NBA rosters, kind of. <laughs> Leangelo Ball has signed with the Pistons to a nine non guaranteed one year contract, but it's one of those new. Uh, exhibit 10 deals where basically the, the, the exhibit 10 deals basically they're picking you up just so they can have first dibs with you going to their G League organization. An exhibit 10 deal is pretty much at this point an invite to training camp. Um, people are are saying J Electronica song. <laughs> they're they're pretty much saying there's really no way around it that you know once this this expedient training camp is over that jello ball there's no way he's not going to be in the g league um because the pistons already have 15 players under guaranteed contract so this was definitely hyped up you know the the whole was LeVar Ball right? Was he a genius? Conversations and arguments are going on as we speak, but I don't think a lot of people did the research into what exactly this is. Um, it's pretty much an invite to training camp. I think Jello's best hope oh. is... But what does he do for the black people? doesn't do anything. <laughs> it, not for one person to go down in training camp. I think several people need to go down in training camp for him to have a legitimate roster spot on the Pistons when the season starts. Um, but this is a step. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you get into – you're at least signed by an organization. He'll start the season on their G League squad. Even, once you're down there, he can still sign with any NBA team he wants if somebody comes to get him. But he doesn't the, – the reason teams do this is so he doesn't have to go through the whole uh, G League draft process. Like he belongs to, to their – Affiliate until he decides so to sign like, somebody else, or if they decide to bring him up. So like he's, he's not slavery, really, man. really on a roster. We, got but, we won't buy your rights. <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing. They buy your rights, and then your rights are not even. They don't even have them that long. It's just that you start playing. You know, you're playing in their uh, minor league system. You can still sign with anybody out of that system, but at the very least, he's, he's you know, first did come with, with the Detroit Pistons. I hear B sighing in the Money. background. Yo, first of all, I'm a Jell-O fan, man, so Money. shout out to my man Jell-O. It's a step. 
it's a step. Hey, man, congrats, congrats, congratulations. And I do believe that all three of the Ball brothers will play in the NBA at some point. The thing is, though, from for everybody that's that that's mad at it, was that what y'all were ever questioning? Though, I kind of figured we knew that the talent was there between his sons. That you know, at least two of them, maybe the three of them, would get would sniff some NBA action at some point. I didn't necessarily think that was people's problems with Levar Ball, but B, you can explain it because you you got the biggest problem of all with him out of us. Yeah. So. Which is my, 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 my problem. Did you not think they my, were all going to play in the league at one point? Um, I'm just no matter tired. what Lavar did yeah. and said out of his mouth, the boy, the, the dudes are talented. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing about him. I am. I'm tired of hearing about the entire. I want the whole family to go that away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> salute to him because it ain't. It ain't. It ain't his fault. That's uh, what I was about to say. It's not their fault, even if you don't make Lavar. Astutely. Astutely pointed out um, some time ago, if their dad put an X on their back, that's unfair, right? So you know, but life ain't fair, and I'm gonna continue to wish that uh, that the ball bounces away from me. <laughs> but salute to him, man. Be a hater. I may, I may well be, man. I may well be. He he needs to make sure that he check on his mom more, man. Always check in with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You draw. All right. But, but one dude said, uh, who's this guy? Sean Corp. He writes for uh, one of those SB Nation sites. He was like, first, let's understand what an Exhibit 10 contract is. It's a deal that allows Detroit to pay a player through a modest signing bonus to suit up during preseason. When the player is cut, and he will be cut, he can be sent to the Grand Rapids Drive without entering the general G League draft. Once in the G League, a player could still sign with any NBA team as the Detroit Pistons would no longer own his rights. In brief, it's a way to target some minor league developmental players, bring them into your system, and, sh- and ensure they get sent to your affiliate G League team. So, yeah, pretty much what I just said. Um, he said there is no path for Ball to make the Pistons roster, which I mentioned earlier already has 15 people under guarantee contracts. So that's that. But uh, shout out to the homie so anyway. Was, I hope he gets on somewhere. Why was Var? Why was Var celebrating like a? Because he probably like, don't understand you know, the rules won. either. He probably don't understand it either. Does it come with a guaranteed <laughs> bag though? Is it, is it he come with a guaranteed bag or something? Nah, I don't think he'll get paid for his services during training camp and preseason, and then whatever the G League money is. But you know. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not a guaranteed bag involved in it. That was the first thing. That was the first headline you heard. He signed a one-year, non-guaranteed deal. So I don't know. I, I'm man. I don't know. He, because I don't know what his what his <laughs> defense. Is. I was like, he can shoot the ball, but he wouldn't be considered three and D. He, I don't think he can guard anybody. And then no D in there. Right. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's that's that. Um, couple more things before we get to the to the phone lines. We see y'all in there. Um, Forty-eight of five hundred and forty-six tested NBA players have tested positive for COVID. Um, this is the initial round of testing as all the players re-enter their home markets and in, in preparation for training camp. 
Um, this leads to the question. This is what they say. This begs the question. And we've been talking about this already because I don't see how you, you can pull this off without the bubble format. And the bubble was so successful for these dudes. And they went so many weeks without as much as one positive test. Like, I don't understand why they think, you know, you can step into next, the, you know, the next season without doing that, because this is going to ruin a lot of things as far as the standings go. Um, once we get to the playoffs, because if you test positive during the season, you know, whether you're asymptomatic or not, that's an automatic 10 days that you got to quarantine. So, you know, that could be big if superstars are getting this and got to sit out 10 days. I mean, their team might have to go five or six games without them, especially since the season is abbreviated anyway. So, you know, they're going to be playing more games a week. Like, do y'all think that there's any way that the NBA can and even should be trying to pull this off without another bubble format? We already no. got 48, 48 tests, and this is just people coming back <laughs> to the town where they play. Like, how is this going to work? I feel like they should do some formidable. Maybe not the same bubble they had before, but something where they, like, put a bubble together and give them, like, a muffle, bring the bubble back. Like, you know, I don't know. They, they can't but, play normal at the high normal. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. But remember, remember last, you know, while that one was going on, we figured, okay, it wouldn't be the same thing where you have one, um, one bubble location. Remember we were hearing rumors that it might be maybe like four or five bubbles around the league and they could possibly, I'm thinking they could do the schedule in a way where teams stay in this certain bubble and play. And then once that portion of the schedule's up, maybe you, you, they, go out, quarantine for a couple of days, go into the next portion of your schedule at the other bubble. You know, it'll make it easier on travel and location and where you got to be, you know, even if you're bringing family into the bubble. I just think that it has to be something like that. If we're just letting people out into the world, (laughs) it's going to be like the NFL season is right now. You got people on this COVID IR list every other week. Um, Now you got people as big as Lamar Jackson, uh, missing games because of it. I just think it's going to it's gonna do a lot to the season. But some way, somehow, Jimmy, it's going to pan out well for the Lakers. <laughs> somehow, it's going to work out for y'all and work out for Bron, where everybody else is going to get sick. Except <laughs> for the Lakers. And they're going to end up walking to another chip. But no, I, I just don't understand um, how they think it's going to happen. So we already... <laughs> Initial testing, we got 9% of the tests have come back positive, man. So we'll see um, what's going to happen here. Because like, I haven't even heard mention of a possible bubble format for this season. Um, but after these tests, man, I know there has to be some kind of conversation that's going to be had. So we'll keep an eye out and see what's going to happen there. All right. Quick stat of the week, quick quote of the week, and then I promise you, fellas, we're coming to the phone line. Stat of the week, the Broncos complete one goddamn pass in a 31-3 blowout loss to the Saints. Now, we knew that they were going to have issues because they went into the game with no legitimate quarterback on their roster. Because of what? Because of 
COVID and contact tracing. Their whole quarterback room had to sit out this particular game, so they went into the game with Kendall Hinton. He was a wide receiver from their practice squad who was once a college quarterback who goes into this game and completes more passes to the other team than he did to his team. He had one completion. He had two interceptions. He had another two passes that should have been intercepted. Um, and, I, and I really felt for him because this is not his fault. The ironic part about it is they, they didn't complete a pass in the first half of the game. And the last team to do that was the Denver Broncos when Tim Tebow was the quarterback. In 2011, they didn't complete a pass in the first half of a football game. Ironically, on the other side of things, it didn't look too great either because Taysom Hill was the quarterback on the other side of the ball. Um, so if you watch this game, I feel for you for one. Like if you were a Saints fan or a Broncos fan and, and you know, you watch this out of loyalty, <laughs> I feel for you. Um because let me let me get to Taysom Hill's numbers because they weren't that much more impressive than Kendall Hinton's besides the fact that Taysom Hill scored twice on the ground because that's what he does. But if the if the if the schedule is gonna get any harder while Drew Brees is not there, Sean Payton is gonna have to stop playing and go to um James Winston if he expects his team to look, you know, have any semblance of NFL <laughs> type play from the quarterback position. Um, Taysom Hill, I believe, had 78 yards passing. <laughs> in the whole game. Yo, he's 78 trash, yards yo. passing. He was intercepted once, and he was sacked three times. But like I said, he scored twice on the ground. So he didn't do too much worse <laughs> than the dude who's a practice team wide receiver being forced into action. He actually takes snaps in practice as the quarterback and has for the past few years. So what's his excuse? So <laughs> Taysom Hill receives $1,018,750 for every NFL game. <laughs> he has no excuse. He has no excuse. My man nor receives does, nor does he have any skills. to go out there with, the, with that track. <laughs> And he is, in essence, the great white hype because I think at some point this season is the evaluation season for Peyton to decide whether he can actually turn him into a quarterback or if he's just a dumb Cordell Stewart type of dude. They already yeah. paid him, though. And even, Cordell was – no, he's, but he's talking about, like, because they paid him, about for the on, but, it's, but it's at any one, point they can just say, "All right, you're just going to be the tight end or but Jimmy, wide receiver." It's a, it's or it's a one year, yeah, yeah, it's a one year deal. You, you pay, but he got paid, you so it's like you money, have to you decide. You pay quarterback money to be a to be a to be a uh, a, a switch a a switch stop? army knife <laughs> to be a switch. Come on, man. No, but, that, but the reason privilege, I say that, yeah, though, Jimmy, they did give him quarterback money. You can be a high paid switch army knife when you're white, but they're not used to slash players being white. <laughs> right, exactly. So they can market that, but he only he only has one. It's one season. It's not a multi year deal. It's still way too much money. But I think the decision is: all right, do we really take this cat seriously and try and convert this athleticism into into a quarterback, or are we seeing that Taysom Hill is just an albino? He's just albino. He can't really, he can't really do it. Some of y'all do that. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, because his contract only extends through 
the well, no, it the it's through next season. Um, the extension is through next season, so they're, they're oh. due to pay him twenty one million, sixteen being guaranteed, and then another one million in, in incentives. Well, it's all too much. Oh. You know what I'm saying? It's all too much. You're all but too um. Much. All right, so our our quote of the week. This is surrounding uh, another quarterback, and this quote. At some point, we're going to have to stop saying that everything that ever happens bad to Tom Brady is because of bad coaching. No, say it. Number 12 ain't playing good. And that's from uh, Ryan Clark. Um, after Tom Brady has another – if well, I'm going to say another subpar performance. If you watch the game, then you would probably see it that way. If you just look at the mm-hmm. stats and the box score, you know, when you're playing from behind against the Chiefs, there's always a good chance that your quarterback is going to be able to even out his numbers and look like he had a great game because you have to pass the ball to catch up. So Brady's numbers definitely Mm -hmm. didn't look as bad as Brady's game, his outing, um, unless you're just looking at his completion percentage because he did go 27 of 41, 345 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. But those two interceptions were costly interceptions and like I said, they had to try to play catch up to get back into the game. And that second one came when they were actually making noise to get back into the game. You know, he pretty much ended it on another bad pick. So it's what we've been talking about. You know, Brady doesn't get the same kind of criticism. And, it, and it's excuse after excuse. And people wouldn't have to put themselves through this whole excuse thing if they would just realize that the dude is 43 years old. Like, he has a built-in yeah. excuse, but since everybody yeah. wants to, yeah. you know, act like that doesn't exist, then Brady so, has to get criticized with everybody else. And he, against good teams, he plays like trash. Yeah, so it, it, it's interesting to observe this because there's a lot to peel back. I actually watched the All-22 tape on the first half of this game because um, I, I was – I don't know what I was doing, but I ended up. Yo, you was out. Tom Brady, respect COVID. <laughs> yo, Tom Tom Brady is playing really bad football, and the first the first seven passes, he stared down one receiver and forced the ball to him. I think it was Mike. It was Mike Evans, and there were multiple receivers open. Like, when have we ever known Tom Brady to stare a receiver down? And just now some of this is on him being 43, but some of this is also Bruce Arians, man. Yo, Bruce Arians, I, I don't know whether you, whether you lay this at Tom Brady's feet because you came to Tampa and you knew who and what Arians was. He wasn't going to change for you. Or is some of this on Arians because you know what you have and you're not optimizing what you have with Tom Brady? But no matter how you, you slice that cake and accept and assign that blame, it all boils down to Tom Brady is not playing well but, in that offense. But speaking from Ooh. Arian's point of view and He's what you're saying, throws, what but what is what is optimizing what you have? Calling more two yard routes? Like you don't want to yeah, play like that. Gotta, and if you, you know gotta, that this coach don't call. play like that, then you shouldn't assign here. Right. right. You gonna you have to throw that thing. Right. That that's 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 the put. That's the pushback. Well, either way, a Tampa, you didn't have to sign him, and, and Brady, you didn't have to push to go there. I think his thing is that he wants more quick release routes as opposed to constantly trying to push the, the ball down the field. But even in so doing, pushing the ball down the field, 
yo, you're looking at a, literally a 20-year veteran that's, that is staring down receivers and only reading one side of the field. Yo, it's bad, man. But he's playing worse than we think. Well, he's not, like not used to routes having to go that long. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he could have been mm-hmm. always staring them down. He's throwing two yards, then it don't take you that long. Yeah. He might have been looking at Welker and, and Edelman the whole time. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it plays out, man. They're still one of the favorites in the NFC to, to make it to the Super Bowl. We'll see if they can get it together. But it seems like every time they come up against, you know, stiff competition, they don't really look like the favorite. But we're going to go to the phone lines. Uh, we got the homie Rob calling from out in Cali. These phone calls going to be short tonight, good brothers, because we're about to get up out of here. So what's going on, Rob? you in the war room. How you? What's up, man? It's going to be short because Tobias is not here, man. That's none of my business. I just want to get that out of the way, man. You know what I'm saying? What's going on, Rob? I was going to get this out of the way. I'm going to get my Kanye Kanye on right now. You know what I'm saying? I was going to get my Kanye on right now. You ain't got the answers, Deb. You ain't got the answers, be awesome. That's it. Okay, that's it. But anyways, man, how y'all doing? We good. How you? I don't know what that. I don't know what that's about. Good. <laughs> I don't know if I'm no, judging by our Facebook page. He's 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 trolling, talking about you know he's one of them fans that's coveting Metcalf and 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 Jefferson and everybody right now, and trying to act like he was asking for those guys when the draft came. He's one of those hindsight 2020 GMs. But the thing is, he goes onto our Facebook page for the people who don't listen to our show and tries to move the goal post back on our conversations. Me and B. Austin never said anything to you about Metcalf versus J.J. Arcega and all of that kind of stuff. We get on you when you come on here talking about how we should trade this person for this person, like how we can just dictate anybody who trades their players. So don't do that, Rob. Rob, and then go on the page and Rob. act like we told you some like like we told you JJ was better than Metcalf or something like that. Rob. Only thing I even Rob, said to you could, on that could, was could, none of y'all have, was calling for these dudes on Jerry draft Rice. night. But then after the fact, hold on, B, 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 hold on, no, I'm talking. Hold on, let me get. But Rob, <laughs> you, you just can't do that, man. Yeah, like. Everybody's going to covet who's good now and say, oh, we could have had that guy because we took this guy before them. From what I recall, because I just sit back and and watch and listen to all you Eagles fans, you know, who who act like geniuses after the fact. I watched everybody get hyped when they sold y'all on J.J. and his hands and having a new end zone threat. I watched everybody get hype off of that. And now it's a problem. I was not hyped. I also watched everybody eat it up when they told y'all that Rager had the highest ceiling of anybody. They told you that he wasn't the best receiver right now, but had the highest ceiling of any receiver in the draft. But at this point, y'all are being impatient because it's playing out that way. The dude's been injured. He really hasn't even played much yet. Everybody's a genius now. And you can ask a man, um, Brad Perdue, this. Which team, which team, which college team in the last like five, ten seasons has produ- has produced the best players at the skill position? LSU, you know what I'm saying? No matter if it's Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, um, 
what's that? What's that? Uh, 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 Peterson from uh, the Cardinals. It, you know, everybody except for Jalen Mills. Jarvis Landry plays Rob. for the, the the Browns. Haven't been in the playoffs hmm, probably his whole career. Well, 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 what Odell Beckham played well, for the Giants most Austin? of his career, and then the Browns. Just, I'm, I'm just asking you this. I'm just I'm just I'm just bringing this stuff up because people covet that stuff. But what have these people done to make a difference? Odell Beckham was one of the best young receivers we'd ever seen stat-wise. But what the hell did it do for his team? Did it make them any better? Here's like, we the covet giant. all Rob. these positions. Oh, my God. Dev, if you're going to break it down like that, then, 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 go, then go, go to the Tim Browns. Go to the Randy Moss if you want to go there. If you want to uh, go there, I will. I will, Rob. I'll take it farther. For all, the, for all the way people covet wide receivers and big-name receivers, we've been telling you for 10 years on this show that, you know, most of us uh, agree, I think, that wide receivers probably not – not just one of the, the most overrated, the most dependent the most positions position in football. In, it's in one the of the world, most man. dependent positions in sports. You could be the greatest wide receiver who ever lived. If your quarterback is a hack, then it doesn't matter. Also, even if you're great and you're killing it and you're carrying the team statistic-wise, tell me well, how me many wide receivers have carried the whole, their teams let me ask you guys a question. to championships. Let me ask you guys well, a question real about? quick, real quick. Name who, the greats who are the top, and tell me how many top, have won. Who are the top – no, no, real quick. Who are the top three receivers in the NFL right this second? Go ahead, Rob. Uh, no, let, no, 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 let Rob, Rob, let Rob answer. I, I, I see where the line of questioning is going. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the top no, three receivers? Rob, we don't have that Who are the top three receivers, man? Who are the top three receivers in the entire league right now? Rob, just name three great receivers, man. Three, uh, uh, Julio, you got okay. Um, okay. Give me a second, cause I, I just got done. Rob, time. come on, yo. DK Metcalf, <laughs> DK Metcalf, top Metcalf. three already. Top three already. He top three already. Damn, y'all easy, man. This is why, I, but Jim. This is why I don't want. Oh, to really? Oh, and and uh, and Andre DK Hopkins. Uh, Andre yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm sorry, DeAndre Hopkins. Right, ask him. Ask how him many? All right, so my, how many rings do they have combined? How many rings? Yes. Well, well, they young bulls. They young bulls. Okay, young bulls. okay, Seahawks okay, okay. All right. Well, let's go. Name the top three receivers of of ten years ago. Randy yeah, Moss. You can name the top three receivers. You can name the top three receivers of all time. <laughs> Only one that probably got a ring is the the the, the Popeyes dude. Outside of that, right? Yeah, let's, maybe, let's, maybe let's go back another maybe, era. Let's go T.O. Maybe let's go Marvin Randy Harris and and what? Throw Fitzgerald in there. How many rings they got? Larry Fitzgerald don't have no rings. Wait, I I I Megatron don't have no rings. I got a question for Jimmy. I got okay. Let's stop talking about the trash Eagles. I got I got one question for Jimmy. I want some more of the basketball. What? Jimmy, do you think? Uh, John Elway would have had Super Bowl rings if it wasn't for McCaffrey or or even uh, Rob Smith. And then boys, um, yeah, they weren't elite receivers. My man, my man said McCaffrey. He said McCaffrey. Yo, McCaffrey, 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 McCaffrey was a, a journeyman receiver. They Wait, didn't, they no, but, but then, even Rob, even Rob, that Rob. sentiment, McCaffrey even that even never, McCaffrey never had over eight hundred yards a season. Listen, Yo, McCaffrey listen, never listen, had a thousand yard season his whole life. Guys, yeah, listen. Never. 
even when people bring up that sentiment of John Elway being old and he might not have won a ring if not for, the name Terrell Davis is the only thing that ever comes up. I've never heard anybody say McCaffrey. Yo, my man said or, right <laughs> Yo, yo. yo. No. Those receivers Elway went to the Super Bowl with a dude named top. Ricky Natil. Ricky Natil was his top receiver. Vance Johnson. <laughs> they they tried to give him a name, the Three Amigos, and they really was all bummed. Yo, but he just tried to hit you with the, I don't know, with no way ever have rings if it weren't from McCaffrey. I don't know anything about Vance Johnson other than the fact that he had a Native American squaw's hair. That's the only thing I remember about Vance Johnson. Listen, Gerard Smith and Ed McCaffrey weren't, like, great receivers. Like, they were okay. They were serviceable, but... The receiver position is the most dependent position in all of sports. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of winning things. I mean, the Steelers let go of guys and just replace them with the, the, somebody they draft in the fourth and fifth and sixth round every year because it's a matter of how they scheme and the system wow. they put them in. The coaches put wow. them in the right, the the right position to win games. I watched, yo, the, I watched the Steelers play yesterday. They were throwing the ball to cats I've never heard of in my life, and it don't really matter. They, they have a well-oiled machine. Yeah. The fact of the matter is these big-name receivers, who cares? You make a highlight play, but you don't well, lead the wins. That DK, doesn't lead the wins. DK, people, people that play wide receiver get paid a lot of money, and they get a lot of news coverage because of people like you, because you want to see the big play. You want to see the splash play. You want to see the acrobatic, and that sells, that sells tickets. That puts butts in seats, and so you guys will pay for that. But people who know football realize – that you can go and win, you can win Super Bowls with Yo. guys that can buy groceries. We won. We won. We just won our but first Super Bowl with Alshon Jeffrey, Smith, and Aguilar. Yeah, we just won a Super Bowl with Aguilar Yo, Rob. as a starter. Yo, Rob. You sitting here I'm telling great. us about Alshon Brady ran off. Brady I'm, just ran I'm off. I'm five, six, Alshon Jeffrey's a great receiver. I'm 40, Brady ran I'm off five, right six now. rings. Who was his top receiver? Me, out of those winning, out of those winning Super six Bowls, months, who was I'm top faster receiver? than Alshon Jeffries, man. If you give me six months, I can, I can beat, I can beat Alshon. Out of those, <laughs> out of those rings, out of those rings I that promise. Brady won, who was his top receiver? Out of who? Out of all the rings that Brady won, who was his top receiver? Some bull. Well, that's not an easy answer. He had, very, I mean, he had nobody. He was throwing to West Walker. He was throwing, he was throwing to Manny, Moe, and Jack. Deion Branch was the MVP of a Super Bowl. After that, when he left the Patriots, he fell off the earth. But that's a different. <laughs> it doesn't Branch matter. But then he got, Branch but then he got Randy Moss, and that. they couldn't win the Super Bowl. All, like, all, all, like, all, it, all, come on, man. All I want. All, all, all I want to ask you this, but, but and you can say both. I want to ask you this: for 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 the Eagles' decline the last two three years, who takes the blame more, Howie or the or or the Howie. coaching staff? Or the coaching staff? What the I would have to say the coaching staff. I would say the I would have to say the coaching staff. Absolutely, the coaching staff. You know what? Because, because no, no. A lot of people coming to Howie though, and I'm not here to defend Howie because the roster isn't what everybody thought it was. When they, but, but the thing is, Howie went and signed a bunch of guys 
that y'all were all enamored with because he won the Super Bowl with him. Now, all of a sudden, those guys are old, and we're blaming Howie as if we didn't want to bring those guys back and try to run it back. So now it's no, all his fault. No, but this is what I fans think, do, no, man. I it's think, always I a, think, a, a it's hindsight. I think and, and Howie, I think as far as drafting early, skill position early, no, he's not great at that. He hasn't been great at drafting skill positions early. I'll tell you what he has been great at. He's been great at picking fat linemen that win games. We haven't drafted a a premier pass rusher since Andy Reid was here. People forget about that too. But 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 that's another thing. That's another thing. Because Derek Barnett Uh is good, but people think because Derek Barnett ain't Reggie White because he was unfairly. Compared to him because he went to his school and broke his record, Derek White is. I mean, Derek Barnett is a very good player. But uh, he's, Eagles he's fans, look at dudes. Uh, he decent. Uh, okay, all right, all right, all right. I feel you. I feel you. But we can't. We can't go on. He's. He's. I mean, he's. I, I'll, I'll give him some. But but I will say this, y'all. My Lakers. Right. Whoa. I, I was a little right. worried with with Anthony Davis, but you remember, my man coming through. To be honest, I really, 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 really want to get like an NWO shirt because you know we taking over. Uh, I, I, I love, I love get. We finally actually got a good point because we finally got rid of Danny Green. You know what I'm saying? You know, Team Dark Skin. You know, y'all want to, y'all want to. Danny Green not a point guard. Danny Green is trash. No, I'm, t- I, I, I'm, I'm jumping, I'm jumping around, but I just hate Danny Green. <laughs> I hate Danny Green with a passion. <laughs> Oh, I, I talked trash about LeBron about the last play, and <laughs> you know, you know what? I I, I had to calm myself down. Yeah. Yo, you know, it wasn't his fault. Danny Green, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, I mean, it it, it is what it is. He's trash, you know. And, and Danny Green you know, needs it, to it Danny Green needs to knock that shot down, no doubt. At least ten but, times out of ten, being that open. I, but Danny Green's a forty percent career three-point shooter and plays great perimeter defense. Danny Green is not trash. And I don't he even necessarily crazy. like Danny Green. His mannerisms he, irk he, me. I don't like him at all. He's a, saying, his mannerisms irk me and the flopped. fact that because he, flopped, he got man. some chips, he thinks that, you know, he's that vet kind of irks me. But I just can't. You know, I, I got to keep it real, man. People be trashing Danny Green like he's just garbage. Danny Green's no. not trash, man. People? <laughs> at all. I, I don't know. I think people, I think, and and and, and I don't want to mirror like uh, Rodman or the Bad Boys Legacy, but it's like people think that just because people over glorify the role player position, over glorify. And 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 but what? the thing is, that yo, thing is things wrong. don't happen without role players. Things don't happen without role players. Yeah, we. They're not Hall of Famers. They're just they just play a role. You know, they shoot the jazz. That's why they're called role players. That's why they're called role players, right? Oh, whoa, whoa. Because they play a role. But it doesn't happen without them, There are role players in the Hall of Fame. Let's not get that twisted. I mean, you name one. Dennis Rodman. Let's not get that twisted. And the fact of the matter is, I don't care how great you are. If you don't have role players that make plays at the right time, you could be the greatest player ever and never win a championship. So don't discount role players. No, 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 if I'm talking about players like Danny Green, I mean, yeah, yeah. You they know, matter. He's not, you not see me all blue. He plays, he plays a valuable role. 
Do you think about? it's a coincidence that dude's been a starter on three championship teams? He's a starting player on three championship teams. He shoots. He's one of the top three-point shooters in the history of the NBA. Right. Now, Coaches Grant, aren't just going to throw him series. out there. Listen, listen, like, we're just going to put these guys and Danny argument. out there because Danny doesn't bring anything, but y'all, he's a nice guy, so I'm going to start him on my championship. Y'all in, our argue, y'all in our argument with a brother, respectfully, Rob, we appreciate you. You know we love you, but, but y'all in an argument with a guy that likes aesthetics. Like, and Rob, we'll, we'll understand. Thanks Rob for your call, man. We appreciate understand. it. We appreciate you, brother. Rob Bro, doesn't keep going. Dog, the no, sub- no, no the great substance. player in NBA history gets a ring without without the proper role players around. Yo, that you don't understand Kobe. That includes of Shaq. That includes Mike. Watch. That includes Magic. That includes Bron. Includes them all. All the name, dudes name, about one name. Insert here. <laughs> the, Jimmy said the one name dudes. No doubt. But it's not. Like, it's not even. It no it's not even just basketball. It's not just basketball with Rob. Rob doesn't understand the substance of sports. Like, he doesn't understand how the mechanics inside it. That's why he's so enamored with everything that makes a splash, because he's watching at a splash level. He's watching for the entertainment value. He's watching to be ooed and odd. And the, like, he's not studying the sport that he watches with any intellectual capacity to understand where the game is actually played and won. So that, you know... Salute to Rob, man. I, I got you. Let, let's get some. Let's get. Let's Salute. let's go ahead and find Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and T.O. and put them on the Eagles right now, so that we can, you know, we can <laughs> make it happen, Howie, man. Don't don't let us yeah. down. Make it happen. All right, let's go. Never, never mind Arizona. the offensive line, man. We got never mind. The man. homie Tobias on the line. What's up, Tobias? About damn time. Good lord, man. I was like, <laughs> man. First, first come, first serve. Man, that don't mean nothing, man. How about better? How about best to best to worst? How about that? But anyway, before before I give you my quote of the week, JJ Arcega Whiteside was a dominant college receiver. DK Metcalf had neck issues and was a one route guy, a go route right. in college. And, and the Seahawks passed exactly. on it twice. And, and that's what I'm saying. And then when somebody becomes much better in the league, which happens sometimes, because some people's games translate better to the professional game and go to the sport. right team. Right. And and you go to the right situation. Now everybody's a genius. Yo, like come on, yo, on draft yo, night to your, to your point, these people on draft night, to you, Tobias, I watch these people be happy. I don't I don't you know, besides when I was doing a show with Fred, I don't know a hell of a whole lot about, you know, college players. And I sat there and, and watched what everybody else watched and Everybody was happy. Oh man, we we about to get it in. We got another. We got we got Goddard with hands down there. Now we got JJ with hands. We're gonna be nice inside the twenty. That's what Eagles fans were saying. Now, to your point, one of the things that people won't realize about the sea chicken is the the dude Metcalf doesn't really see double teams because people don't understand and appreciate how great Tyler Lockett is. My man Lockett mm-hmm. commands the double. And so you're leaving corners yeah, he's, out he's on an island with a predator with a predator athlete, with an original man athlete <laughs> that he can just go an athlete. Want like, uh, yo, salute and shout out to big play Darius Slay. 
He didn't have a chance against somebody that's uh, 230 that runs a four two. Slay got he his didn't have a hey, guys, mouth ate all his lunch taken. <laughs> what was all and this, he, what was all this and he wasn't playing hindsight. bad defense, though. That's the crazy part. He wasn't playing he, bad defense. He was just getting mad. Here, here's the thing. What was all this 2020 hindsight with Jalen Ramsey locked DK Metcalf ass up a couple of weeks ago? But anyway, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's going to happen yo, once in a yo, while. Very, like, now, I ain't going to say, I ain't going to act like, you know, DK, he's nice. He's definitely nice. And he's but, definitely, but, 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 he's, and he's definitely eons better than J.J. Arcega Whiteside now. And that happens. But, it, it happens. But, but here's my quote of the week, guys. We're going to dominate the ass in recruiting. We're going to beat their ass every time we see them. Roll Tide F you. That's Coach Ogeron. Winter is coming this Saturday, boys. Roll Tide is a 29-point favorite, and I bet it. They ain't going to beat the hell out of these clowns this weekend. But, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, the mortgage, chasing basketball fun, your daughter's fun, your 401k, that nice house you got illegally with dope money, man. All that stuff you got, man. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, but I get on, but we already know, what, we already know that destruction is going to be bad and your kids won't be allowed to watch because your wife's going to yell at you for watching that violent movie. But I want to talk about my Buccaneers. All right. This, this is what Rob Point receivers come in at. All right. The Bucs got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. Grunk and Cam Brake, who's a big, who, who like he was what came off the street, kind of big time red zone threat over the years. What's that playoff appearance? And hell, they could be opening weekend the wild card. It doesn't matter if you have the best receiving core in football. If you don't control the trenches, you don't have you're the line of nowhere. scrimmage. Right? Yeah. And I'll say I'm this: side of fans, man. <laughs> life, hey, life getting Fred Purdue always takes pick a running back first round and paying them. I would rather pick a running back in the first round than a receiver. How many receiver busts we see in that Good first point. round? Why would uh, I pay a receiver twenty something million dollars if she got all the receivers check coming the, out? Check the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, the whole because list. think about this. this on Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin for the Bucks, a third round receiver. A B going with the Hall of Fame is a sixth round receiver. So right. it's all about it's like, why pay you guys to come in, but. Y'all were talking about Tom Brady, right? Ah, oh, man, they making up all these excuses. I'm like, one, if you're going to play yourself, you stay your ass in New England. But all these excuses, they going from the coach. They're running back. They going, they probably even blame the green monkey that created HIV. I don't know. They blaming everything. <laughs> I'm like, the dude ain't that good. His numbers against the mediocre teams of pass rush are way better than the team's that the good teams. He has thrown just about as many touchdowns and interceptions against good teams. And remember, no, I legit, said that's, that's that's legit. That's legit. That's not even hyperbole because they do that's, try that's and blame legit. Leonard Fournette. They try and blame Leonard Fournette for Brady. They blame AB. Fournette dropped two passes, and he's the the whole reason they stay. Hey. But, oh, yeah. but, like, Brady throws a pick. Oh, man, this guy that run the right ground. How the hell you know? You want to practice? That's why he out these fanboys. But, see, what Kip, remember I said this when they signed him. Bruce Arians is going to have brought fires to Morris because if it doesn't go as planned, they looking at him. They ain't going to blame Brady. 
Now the media says his offense is a problem. Now the media brings up the defense who stunk last year since for the past 10 years, and they stink again against good teams. But, oh, now they're the problem now when Tom Brady comes to town. What was all this in years past? You know, and it's all about this media narrative. They want to protect Brady. And it's okay he's not as good. He's 43 years old. Yes, he can throw a deep ball every now and then. Yes, he can throw a deep ball every now and then, right, guys? But it's about reaction time. A lot of times when you get older, he when you get a couple of hits on him, he's go, he gonna fold, he gonna tap down like Stephen A. like the late Gregory Hines. The Chiefs, the Chiefs, like y'all, a Bucks fan still making excuses, right? Talking about continuity. Look, we are at week twelve, almost cut. We are week twelve. They talking about no preseason, no no postseason. I mean, sorry, no preseason games. But you got Justin Herbert who came in five minutes before and said, "Hey, you got a suit up kid." He balled. Joe Burrow balled. Kyler Murray been playing good with Hopkins. They had no preseason. So it's like stop making excuses. Just say this team isn't as good as they thought they will be. And that they ain't a quarterback away because your defense is still your bot your pass D still bottom five. Ask Tyreek Hill about that pass D. Still got cooked. <laughs> let, let me ask Jimmy, you know, I got a question for you. Tyreek was trying to go to the Hall in one game. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, because I know you're a Broncos fan. Well, Steve okay. Atwater let Tyreek Hill flip it to the end zone like that. <laughs> oh no, no. He he would have got a legal hit or something like I mean that, that's not just Atwater. That's like, you know, any 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 dude that played with it a certain time frame, they would have, you know, he would have had to I mean, I, I think it's teams that played it that these days. If they played he would have done it against the Steelers. The Steelers would have hit him. The Ravens? Hey, imagine Ray Lewis the was Ravens, a town yeah, back then or somebody like that. It would have been a wrap and that to me. And see what happened. I said this also. He would have stabbed him. Your whole secondary, no. your whole starting <laughs> secondary, non non cats are old enough to rent a car. Uh, and you got a bunch of young cats. And, and, the, and see, here's the part that, about Brady apologists. Oh, he put these stats, he brought them back. I'm like, the Chiefs took the foot off the gas. And, of course, you're going to rack up 300-some-odd yards because you was behind 17 nothing at home. Maybe if you got a couple of first down, a couple of scores in the first quarter, the Bucks may not be down. And I'll say this yeah. last thing, because I, I know plus, you guys got to run. The Chiefs' uh, pass defense ain't that stout anyway. So, if he wasn't making mistakes, if, that's what I'm saying. If he weren't making mistakes earlier in the game, it could have been a different game altogether. So, but, yeah. go ahead. Make Mahomes this. fumbled. Yeah, and like and by, and like y'all talk about basketball, right? Like a wall, like the wall trade. Uh, actually, I thought Rustbrook was going go to go to Orlando somewhere where players go to die. We forget they still was in the league. But – <laughs> but it's like you know, I still, I, you know, yeah, I still watch them. But y'all are no, right saying, about still Washington. They, they still go to Washington. Yeah, they, they are. The players I want to go there because they like white women. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but 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 the role players that's what people, that's what people miss. Role players do make the championship team, like the Bulls, for example. First round I had B.J. Armstrong, Paxson, Will Purdue, D. Dirk. These dirty work guys who know their roles. You cannot Somebody have. Somebody got to do the dirty work. Yeah, even Golden State, people look at don't watch the games. Golden State had their guys. LeBron got all the clutch sports, and his clutch is where he got you taking less money to benefit him. But he ain't taking no less money, and he will bounce on you in a heartbeat. But, hey, guys, you have a good week, man. You guys take it easy. And, uh, 
Roll time, fellas. I'm ready, baby. Let's go, Coco. Right. We'll hey, see you winning. Hey, hey, man. Me off. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hey man, you could have you could have made it into the Black Panthers except for you enjoy them clan meetings in Alabama, man. <laughs> All right, man. Real quick, then what happened this week while everybody was on the grind? <laughs> yes, sir. While you were on the Grizz Naive is brought to you by Force the Book, best book ever written, bottom line. Um only thing I want to mention this past week that happened while you were on the Grizz Naive, which is very interesting. So we talked earlier about boxing. Uh, old um, man, boxing. you know about the, <laughs> yeah about about Mike and Roy, and shout out to Triller because Triller is really a social media app who somehow got into the boxing game. Um, they were similar to TikTok, so they signed a deal with Snoop to create their own boxing league. And but because of that, now you got all the old heads coming out the woodwork. Like yo, I want to check. So Buster Douglas as well as Evander Holyfield <laughs> have stepped up to the plate and asked Mike, "What's really good?" So. Yo, Vander's been really aggressive about it too. Like he keep like calling him yeah. out in public. Um, I mean, you knew Vander tried to jump on his top as soon as Mike started putting out videos. Um, Buster Douglas is sixty years old, and he's talking about, yo, I wouldn't <laughs> mind. I wouldn't mind, you know, running it back oh, with Mike. Man. You always think you got oh. one more fight in you. Yo, Buster Douglas was fat and washed a month after he beat Mike Tyson. So what did he Pretty think much. he gonna do at sixty years old? <laughs> Come on, man. You, he was hey, yo man. he was fat and washed by the time he defended the title one time. Got beat up by Holyfield, I believe. Like, come on, Buster. Yeah. And they talking about um, Holyfield Buster, like not out of ball. They talking about him and Mike could do an, you know an exhibition legends match. When, when did Buster Douglas become a legend? I guess the night he beat Mike Tyson. The, 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 night, the night he knocked out Mike. The night he punished Mike. Block Mike. Off, he became a legend. He became That's a legend. Yeah, but he had the title for like 15. He had the he had the title for like seven and a half minutes. Man. Listen, man, don't even matter. It don't matter. <laughs> right. Yo, it's the Robert Ory effect, man. You do stuff no, at but, the right time. Because I still do that. Don't even matter. You know, other people of other hues. You know, they look at stuff like hockey. Miracles and the Olympics and stuff like that. I still look at Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson as the greatest upset in sports history. So I guess that puts you at legend status, even if that's the only thing you really ever. Fam, I, I mean, Buster exactly was, he was, was never a bum. Exactly what I was doing. Yo, I remember he was never everything a bum, about but that. He wasn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> I remember everything about that because I was in complete shock. Like to this day, I still can't believe it happened. Like complete and utter. My mouth was like wide open, Paul. <laughs> For a, for a minute because I was in complete shock. I remember exactly where I was watching the fight. So how long I mean, did we legend. talk about that in school afterwards? Like oh my on, god, the next, two, <laughs> next two three four years. Like how, <laughs> yo, how you beat Mike? Like because Mike was like we almost thought Mike was unbeatable. Yeah, but no, for me, there's only two fighters. There's only two fighters that I remember. Like I thought was like yo, nobody's gonna beat them. Is when I saw a young Mike and when I saw a young Tito Trinidad because a young Tito Trinidad was sending people to heaven. Yeah. And you know, it took a I always, I always kind of knew technically Tito. I knew, te- I knew he wasn't a technician, but yeah, he was knocking blocks off. So you know, some sometimes yeah. you look past. Tito was tapping people <laughs> like this one punch, and you see their whole spirit leave their body. Like young Tito, <laughs> yeah. yo, can't forget how hard young Tito was hit, dog. It was like the Tom and Jerry jump where I, I've literally seen Tito punch somebody, and you see their spirit like floating in the air. Leaves. Yeah, well. I just want to tell these old heads to chill, especially if they just going to be these little exhibitions. I'm like, if y'all going to do it, do it for real. You know what I'm saying? I mean, don't charge us for yeah. it, but do it for real. If not, like, sit up, 
like shut shut up, man. Sit down somewhere. Um, yeah, man. Put it on. Put it on IG or something. I watch it on IG. You know, other than that, yeah. though, FOH for y'all. Anyway, man, that's all yeah. I wanted to tell y'all about this past week that happened while you were on the Grizz Naive, man. Let's get out of here. Tell the folks what happened uh, this, this week in sports. Yes, sir. This date in sports history brought to you by uh, Digital Extreme Technology. If you or your business need a custom website, look no further. For dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. Financing options are also available, so visit DigitalExtremeTech.com, and while you're on the website, you can look at all the model websites that they've done. They have a section for that. Um, or you can call 267-205-4203, and for discounted rates, be sure to tell them that War Room Sports sent you. But this date in sports history, on December 3rd, 1956, somebody get the no human being can do that ready for me, Hoops Icon. Wilt Chamberlain makes his varsity debut, scoring 52 points, grabbing 31 rebounds, breaking both all-time no Kansas human records. <laughs> he broke both all-time Kansas records in the 87-69 win versus Northwestern. In his first game, he broke all of their school records, their major school records. He broke them in his first game. Got that out of the way. No wow. human being can do <laughs> Yo. What is wrong with Bo? What is, Yo, I'm I'm still listen. I hear it. I've spoken to to his left testicle. I I I know that you've heard it all. Yo, but, but I still I still yo Jimmy Pete how Dev laughed at that. Now, that was disrespectful. Why Dev laugh? Why Dev laugh? Yo, he called the boy that and he told me I'm disrespectful for laughing. Yo. <laughs> Yo, we've heard it all, but I still don't believe dude existed, man. I think it's the greatest trick ever pulled, man. No, come on, man. Come on, man. Nah. No, man. No, 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 no. Oh, man. Well, said he ran a 10-3 in the 100 meters. Yo. No human being can do that, man. That's all That's all I'm saying. All right, so look, man, we're about to we, – we're going to get up out of here because <clears> – <throat> D. Elson is way out of pocket and way disrespectful. So, so we got to end this before we get in trouble. But I'd like to thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room on Facebook, Twitter, our group chat, and all the callers who called in to chop it up with us. Tune in next week, live right here or on demand as we catch you up on all the sports topics for the week. So until then, make sure you guys enjoy your weekend, enjoy your sports. We'll see you right back here next week. Please stay safe, and we'll We'll see you right here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, IG, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book, Sports the Book, or, I mean, at sportsthebook.com or on warroomsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. Left test. Shout out to Dev, PJ, Pete Austin, Doc 
get that mobile app. It's knocked out. Call it 323, smoking double 012. They be going and you sensitive, then oh well. Physical podcast, the tough push. Showtime like magic in the block push. Listening live, push one to join in. Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment. Hip-hop dollars, tip-stop knowledge Should be in sports credits, I ain't talking college Five guys, no beef though Corporate secrets, but the streets know Bellafani, I got a chief flow KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode Two hours, get your game up Who's the best in sports cast, you better name us What real sports Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.